0: Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzovino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Father, we thank you for the privilege of studying your Word together. We do so in the mighty name of Jesus inviting the Holy Ghost to be our teacher and guide, to instruct us in the way of truth and righteousness, to quicken us according unto Your Word. Thank You, Father, for utterance in the Holy Ghost and boldness to proclaim Your Word in the power of the Spirit and in demonstration of the Spirit that You'd be glorified and the body of Christ be edified. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we thank You for it. Amen. Amen. Verse 11 of Second Chronicles chapter 5, it says, And it came to pass when the priests... "...were come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified, and did not then wait by course also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asaph and Heman and Judgethon, with their sons and their brethren being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. It came even to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound in being heard in praising and thanking the Lord." And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals of instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand and minister for by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Hallelujah. Well, we thank God for what took place under the type. And if that took place under the type, then something even better should take place because we are the fulfillment of that. Amen. Amen. And we have a better covenant established upon better promises. Amen. We emphasized that last week that the people that came together were pure before the Lord. Their hearts were upright and pure. Being clothed and arrayed in white linen just symbolizes purity. Their hearts were pure before God. And as they were pure before God and then everyone took their place, that means they were all in unity, that the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. We kind of took that over into the New Testament and saw in the book of Acts chapter 2 beginning at verse 1 right on through verse 4 that the same thing took place in the New Testament church. They were all together pure before the Lord with pure hearts and motives before God. And as a result of coming together in unity, one mind, they were of one accord, the same glory filled the house of God. The only thing that was different was they became the house of God. And back here, the house of God was the place, the dwelling place, where the Shekinah glory had filled the temple that was built. You know the dedication there of Solomon's temple and all that? You know all that. But you see, a change took place. Under the new covenant, we become the temple of God. Same kind of incident, but somewhat different because we were filled. The individual was filled, being the house of the Lord with the glory of God. And as a result, they couldn't stand and minister by, for by reason of the cloud. And if you just kind of read into what took place in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, you see they appeared to be as drunken men. Who knows, maybe some of them stumbled and did fall under the power of God. I mean, that's a possibility, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, they appeared as drunk, and drunk men just kind of wobble around and finally maybe fall down. Yeah. The, the glory of God could have been so profoundly manifested that they did fall under the power of God. You know, they were speaking with other tongues. They were glorifying God in different languages. And the people had heard them. They appeared to be drunk, you know, before them. And who knows if some of them were not slain in the Spirit. We don't have that recorded anywhere. And I'm not being dogmatic about it. But it is a possibility since we know that when God's power is so strongly manifested, it's very difficult for people to stand up, isn't it? Amen. We know that to be true. Well, I said all that to bring us to to this point. You notice there was a sound that came from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the place where they were sitting and they all heard it. And they were blessed by it, weren't they? Well, turn with me to Psalm 89, if you would, please. Psalm 89. And verse 15. It says right here, blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. You think any time they heard the sound of a rushing mighty wind, they got kind of joyful? Can you imagine them reflecting upon that event that took place in their lives? I mean, my goodness. They had that knowledge of the fact that a sound came from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire that sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then, of course, we know that some glorious things took place thereafter. And many results took place as a result of, you know, the... the, Advent of the Holy Ghost in their lungs. Well, beloved, I believe that we also have to be listeners. I believe we have to hear for the noise of the joyful sound. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. In other words, those that know the joyful sound as God moves by his Spirit. Upon their hearts, upon their minds, upon their lives, upon their families, upon their businesses, upon the church that they attend. Blessed are the people, will be the people that know the joyful sound, that same sound as of a rushing mighty wind. God's Spirit moving in upon those people in waves of glory to touch hearts, to change lives, and produce results in those people's lives to accomplish a purpose in the will of God. What's going to happen to them? They are going to walk... Oh Lord, in the light of thy countenance. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'd like to walk in the light of the countenance of God. What about you? In other words, they're going to have, they're going to show and demonstrate the light of God's countenance. They're going to demonstrate the light of the glory of God in and through their lives. Amen. And you see, beloved, that's what every single one of us as believers should be listening for. In other words, our hearts should be attentive and ears attentive to the joyful sound of God's direction by His Spirit coming our way. Amen. And if we will be attentive to that and listen to what God is saying by His Spirit and respond to that, then we will be a blessed people. Hallelujah. We'll walk as a blessed people. We'll walk in the light of the countenance of the glory of God. And that's exactly what God wants us to do. Individually, yes, and collectively as a church body. And that includes our, our marital relationship, our family unit. It includes our church fellowship, you know, as we serve the Lord uh, corporately and collectively as a body of believers. That includes your ministry and, uh, you know, whatever it is God would have you to do. Praise God, we want to walk in the countenance of God, don't we? We want to be numbered among those that, you know, we've heard of in days gone by where the presence of God went before them wherever they entered in. I remember, you know, Brother Hagen saying he was sitting on an airplane one time and someone walked up to him and said, you know, your countenance or the glory of God really was manifested through his life, convicted him. I remember Smith Wigglesworth on numerous occasions when he entered into the presence of people, the glory of God was so manifested through his life that they fell under conviction just being in his presence. I mean, that's a marvelous thing, isn't it? To know that you so so show forth the light and the glory of the living God that those who are sinners are convicted by your presence. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'd like to be known for that. Wouldn't you like to be known for that? Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory amen. to God. Now, I think that's a its a high honor and a privilege for somebody to say that. I had one, someone say to me one time, I, on numerous occasions, when I used to work down way back when in a mill, I got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and power, and I was just on fire for the Lord. You know, and I've had people say, there's something different about that little crane man up there. Something, something's happened to that crane man up there. All I know is we look up there and see a light. Well, I thank God for that. What about you? I want people to see a light through my life. What about you? Hallelujah. I want people to see a light through my life and all that I do. What about you? And that's true also with our church. Amen. We want to show forth the light of God's countenance, don't we? We want to walk in that. And to walk in means to to follow a course of action. We want to flow with the Spirit of God. We want to flow with the joyful sound. We want to move on with God, praise God, to glorious heights in Him. Amen. And then on other occasions, you know, going into a hospital room to visit somebody, you know, that's been said too. My goodness, when you walked in, it was just like the, the presence of the Lord just, you know, went before you. Hallelujah. And, you know, you, you, you just thank God that, you know, people can see the light of God through your life. And once again, what could be better than that? What could be, you know, more marvelous than that? Than somebody to say that you are really indeed the light of the world. Praise God. I can see God in you. I can see Jesus in you. And I'm sure people have told you the same thing. I see Jesus in you. I see there's something about you that's just different. Well, beloved, I think we can turn that up, don't you? I believe we can turn that up individually and also collectively collectively as a church body. We can turn up the glory of God and the countenance of God in our lives and ministries. No matter it is what God would have you to do, you can turn up the glory of God. Hallelujah. That's what we want to do. I remember Brother Hagen saying that some preachers came to him and said, I want you to tone down on that area. He says, no, I didn't think about toning down. I thought about toning up, praise God, and turning up, praise God. You see, I want more of God. You might be satisfied with where you're at and satisfied with what you have, but I'm not satisfied with where I'm at and what I have. I want more of the glory of God. I remember E. W. Kenham talking about many years gone by, how he would go off for a season out into the woods somewhere and just get before the, you know, God under the stars at night and just just wait upon the Lord. He said, I'd come back from a three-day journey, I'd walk into the presence of my wife, and I'd say to her, Do I look any different, honey? Do I look any different, honey? And she said, no, you look the same to me. I'd go on back to the hills, praise God, and seek the face of God. Because I want to look more like Jesus every day of my life. Can you see that? That's what this life is all about. Paul says, I want to have the life of God. Follow me up. Not only on the inside, but on the outside. So that you can see the light of God through my life. And through my ministry. And that's what we all should be striving for. Can you say Amen. Yeah. That's what we should be looking for, to have more of God manifested, to have more of the life of Jesus manifested through us, to walk in the countenance of God. Hallelujah. Isn't that what you want to walk in tonight, is the countenance of God? Amen. Well, we can. We can. Will You say, how can we do that? Well, I believe we have a little bit of a, a, a of instruction there. Some insight there in Second Chronicles, where it talks about how their hearts were pure before God. They were arrayed in white, their hearts were pure before God. And you know what, beloved, I thought about this. I thought about this often. Only we can judge our own hearts. Only we can judge our own motives. Only we can reach within the chambers of our being and say, "That's either genuine or that's flesh." You realize that? Amen. In other words, there comes time we all have to take inventory. You know, inventory is a good thing. Ever walk, ever drive by a store? Or maybe you might even want to go into that store and you walk up right to the door and you go to open it up and it should be open because it's like about 11 o'clock in the morning and the door is locked and finally you look at the little note there that says, "close for inventory. You get a little bit disgusted, but the people on the inside, they're glad for inventory. There are some things they've got to understand and accomplish. You see... Things that get accomplished by taking inventory. Well, we've all got to take spiritual inventory to find out where we're at. You see what I'm saying? We all got to locate ourselves and, and discover where we're at. Take spiritual inventory and determine whether or not we're going forward or going backward. Amen. See, God wants us to do that and we can only do it by ourselves. Our hearts have got to be pure. Our motives have got to be pure. Our desires have got to be pure and our attitudes have got to be pure. And if they are not, then we're not going to have more of the countenance of God in our lives. If they are not, we're not going to demonstrate more of the glory of God in our lives. We're not going to demonstrate and experience more of the presence of God in our lives. So you see, only we can do that. And there are many things that come along uh, life's path. Many things that try to distract and hinder and get in the way from our spiritual growth and development things that would want to prevent us from experiencing increase in God and increase in the things of God, increase in the anointing of God, the countless of God in our lives. We've got to be aware of that. And then we've got to do our own inventory, so to speak, and, and begin to look at ourselves spiritually and analyze ourselves spiritually and really be honest with ourselves and determine, you know, what has happened along the way. What has either caused me Let's say to change in my attitude, to change in my motives, to change in my desires or whatever it may be to hinder a greater move of God in my life and prevent me from experiencing this greater countenance of God through my life. See? And so purity is very important. Being pure in every area of our lives, especially these heart motives, desires and attitudes. Hallelujah. And if we'll do that, praise God, sometimes, you know, God will reveal to us some things by His Spirit and say it's time to clean house in that area. It's time to clean that thing up and get rid of that thing and, and that'll make more room for the glory of God. Praise God. And you know, we've got to do that as an individual. We've also got to do that in our, our family relationships. Hallelujah. And it goes on. And even in our church relationships and the church body as a whole, a body of believers united together often needs to meet together just to take spiritual inventory to find out you know where we're at and what we're doing. Make certain that we're walking in the light of the countenance of God. Can you say amen? See, that's what God would have us to do. Well, you'll notice here also there was a second part to that. You'll find out there that in Second Chronicles that the singers, the praisers, and all the ministers, or the priests, got together. See? And they joined or united themselves together uh, in one accord in making one sound before God. But here's the, the important of this. I want you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians, and I want to show you something here. In the book of Ephesians, in chapter 4. Every single one of us is a minister or a priest of the Most High God. Do you believe that? Are you a priest tonight? You certainly are. I am. We're all priests unto God. And every single one of us has a place or a position within the body of Christ that we are to hold. There are no unused members within the body of Christ. Every single person in the body of Christ has a part to fill, has a place to function in, no matter who we are. And the person that says, I don't need to hook up and I don't need to be a part of a local body of believers does not understand the umbrella of protection that is provided for those that hook up and join themselves into a company of believers. See, they're not walking in the full light, the full light of the countenance of God. See, we can't be as good a Christian unless we hook up with other believers and take our place within the body. And there are many excuses. If people want to find them, there are many excuses to keep people out of a local body of believers. Many, many, many. And the devil will provide a whole lot more if you just ask him. But as far as God is concerned, He is saying that we have all got to join ourselves together. There are no unused members in the body of Christ. And even though no matter where you go, you'll never find a perfect church, you're going to find problems in every church you ever ever, ever come across in this land or throughout the world. I believe that. But you see, it's only those that are are learned in spiritual things and those that are dedicated to walking in the realm of divine love that's going to experience a greater manifestation of the glory of God. There are going to be the ones that will grow in the love of God and grow in the things of God. Realizing that we're all flesh and we all have imperfections, and we all have flaws in our lives, but those are the things that we're not to judge in each other. We're not to criticize each other for. We are to let God deal with those things in our lives and just come together and lift our hearts before God and expect and exp- to experience a greater measure of the glory of God through our lives as we commit ourselves to walking in the rhyme of love. See? And I'll tell you what, those that will hear the joyful sound are those that are going to be blessed. And they're going to be blessed with uh, an increase of the glory of God from on high. And I'll show you that right here in the Word of God. In Ephesians in chapter 4, in verse 8, it says, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And verse 11, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ that we all come in the unity of the faith. That's the only way to achieve Unity. Unity is not of the flesh. Unity is of the faith. I'm going to say that again. Unity is not of the flesh. Unity is of the faith. And thank God for the faith that we can walk in. Amen. There's going to be a warfare between our faith and our flesh. And then there's going to be also a warfare between our flesh and somebody else's flesh. But God wants us to leave that realm and walk in the realm of faith. And live in the realm of faith. And walk in the realm of faith. And come together in the unity of the faith. I know that you've got a flaw. And you know that I have a flaw. I know you have an imperfection. You know I have an imperfection. But praise God, we're willing to set all that aside for a higher goal, praise God. Not to fault find, not to criticize, but to reach out and, and grab a hold of the greater measure of the glory and power of God in our lives. Amen. To work together on common ground, believing that no matter what it is, what our weakness is in this life, God's power will supersede it all. Hallelujah. As we lift our hearts together before Him in one accord, and as we all take our place as individuals within the body of Christ. Till we all come, to notice this, into the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect or mature man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slat of men and cunning craftiness, whereby we lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up into Him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh what, everybody? Maketh what? An increase of the glory of God. An increase of the anointing of God. An increase of the countenance of God. An increase of the presence of the Father. An increase of the presence of the Son. An increase of the presence of the Holy Ghost. An increase of the presence of healing power and delivering power and saving grace. Hallelujah. There was great grace upon the apostles because they set aside their differences for the common goal of having a greater manifestation of the countenance of God within their midst. And great grace was upon them. Amen? Great grace, the Bible says. And with great power gave they witness to the resurrection of our Lord. Too often our eyes are off the right thing and on the wrong thing. We're here to give witness to the resurrection of the living Savior. Hallelujah. Who redeemed us by His blood and to show Himself alive within our midst. And among this company is should be our highest goal. Because only when He's manifest is He going to touch hearts and change lives and bring people into the sheepfold. Hallelujah. Make it increase. And if we want increase, you make note of it. If you want increase in any area of your life, praise God, this is how you're going to achieve it. You're gonna do that spiritual inventory and find out where you're at in God and find out where your heart motives are and where your desires are and, you know, your way of thinking along these same lines as far as God is concerned about uniting together, being a part of a company of believers and reaching out to have, you know, the greater countenance of God manifested within your life and through your life. And, and if you'll just do that same thing, every single one of us, I believe, will experience increase. The whole body will experience increase as we work together, taking our place just like they did. The, the the singers, the praisers, and the ministers or the priests came together to make one sound. To make one sound. Now, beloved, I believe the body of Christ is to function the same way on earth today. We're to come together and to take our place, find out what our part is to do, and then every single one of us taking our place and, and finding our position and feeling it, and then having that same purity of heart and motive, and then the ability to listen to the joyful sound will create within us an atmosphere that will enable us to experience the greater countenance of the glory of God in and through our lives and ministry. Make it increase of the body under the edifying of itself and love. This body will be built up. The individual will be built up. The family unit will be built up. And the church body will be built up. See, increase. And that's how we achieve increase. And that's how we get increase. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, this is the reason why I've asked us all to unite together here on Wednesday night. You know... And uh, I realize that sometimes there's uh, things that keep people out, like, you know, weather conditions and all that. And, but we're not going to be moved by that. We're not going to be taken by that. Praise God. We just believe, God, that, that, that many are going to hear the joyful sound. Many are going to hear the joyful sound of the rushing mighty wind. That is the Spirit of God hovering over the, 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 the people of God. In this locality, not just here. In this locality, in the churches down the street, across the state, even across the land and across the waters, hearing the joyful sound as the Spirit of God begins to move upon hearts and touch people and produce change in people's lives. Beloved, I believe as well as you that Jesus is coming for a glorious church without spot and without wrinkle. Amen. He is coming for a bunch of believers that are excited about His appearance and His coming, that are looking with great expectancy and as a result they are moved because of this blessed hope to purify themselves even as He is pure. Is that not your blessed hope? Are you not looking for His return in the sky? Are we not excited about the day when He comes and splits those clouds of glory, hallelujah, to catch us all away? Are we not thrilled about that, praise God? And if we want to see Him as He is and appear with Him there in glory, will we not purify ourselves even as He is pure? Absolutely, that's what the Scriptures say. There's that word again, purity. Purity of heart. You see, our hearts are pure before God. Our motives, our attitudes, our desires, our longings, our yearnings from within are pure before God. And then we come together, we take our place. We find out what God would have us to do. Amen. And you know what, beloved? In this place, there are many things to do. As a matter of fact, once again, that's why we're here. God has spoken to my heart. There are many things that need to be done in a local body of believers. And these things that need to be done have got to be done by those that are called, appointed, and anointed by the Spirit of God to do those things. And, you know, I realize there are fivefold ministries, but there's also ministries of helps and other things. You know, helps is a big ministry and an enormous calling. And God would have us to find out what He would want us to do and be a part of that and then cause increase. You know, in the ministry, in the body of believers, as you with a pure heart take your place and say, this is what God would have me to do. You know, I've never found anywhere where someone knew that God would have them to do something that didn't have a problem doing it. What about you? Have you? Start with the Apostle Paul. Start with anybody. Let's go back to Adam. Need I say more? Go back to David. David. The man after God's own heart. He had some problems, didn't he? Certainly did. See, beloved, it's not different. As far as we're concerned, it's the same with everybody. No matter what it is that God would have us to do, there's going to be difficulty. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be all kinds of things that will get in our way and prevent us from doing what God would have us to do. But we've got to rise up above all that. We've got to have more spiritual fortitude than that. We've got to rise up and say, this is what God wants me to do. And I am going to do it with a pure heart. And I'm going to do it with knowledge and understanding. And that knowledge is of my faith and the knowledge of the Son of God who has placed within me a burden to do something or a desire to do something. Who has instructed me in the way that I should go, and you know what? I'm going to listen for the joyful sound so that I see to it that I walk in the countenance of God in that area that God would have me to minister. No matter who we are. Now, here's something that is something that is for the church, this church body right here. You know, as the spiritual under shepherd that God has made me, it's it's my responsibility to put forth certain things at certain times so that we can understand, you know, what God is speaking to us. And this is what He has been speaking to my heart. And it's been quite a while. We've got so many doing certain things, but we have some doing so many things that their anointing is diminishing. And these people have got to be freed up by other people who will say, that's what God wants me to do. I'm going to do it. And then that person who just got freed up from doing ten other things is going to have a stronger anointing in his or her life to do that one thing that God would have them to do. Then again, there are other things that need to be done that are not being done because some are not willing to get involved. And you've got to listen to the voice of God and listen to the the joyful sound. I want you to know, beloved, it's not an awful sound, it's a joyful sound. God moves upon your heart to do something, it is a joyful sound. A joyful sound. There are many things that God wants to accomplish within our midst that will help us create a greater anointing and manifest presence of God if each one would do his or her part. Amen. And that's what he wants me to speak out tonight and say he is looking for those who would listen for the joyful sound, who would take a step forward and this is what God would have me to do. Or I am available, I am a willing vessel. Now, I shared this before, I'm going to repeat it again. I will start with myself as an example. As long as I continue playing that instrument, I guess I'll always be playing the instrument. And as much as I enjoy playing the instrument, I've realized that the choice is going to be between me having a greater anointing the minister by the Spirit from behind this pulpit and in the Spirit as He would have me to minister or still be divided and distracted by involving myself in a twofold ministry. And I'm not saying I don't enjoy it. I'm not saying that I, you know, just want to set it aside and not use it because I know that, you know, I can use it unto the glory of God. But I'm saying this. I'm saying tonight, if there's somebody out there that can play that instrument, to free me up more. Then it's going to enable me to be in a position that I can have a greater anointing than minister Amen. from this pulpit. Amen. Amen. I've said it for a long time, but really no one's ever come forward. But I'm saying it again tonight that it's my heart's desire to have a greater anointing. Yeah. And even though it may be a sacrifice, like I'm saying, because it's something that I would like to do and enjoy doing... I realize that it's more important for me to do exactly what God wants me to do than to spread myself out so thin that my anointing is not as strong as it should be to minister. You've heard me say also that I believe that God would have us to have like a, I want to say maybe a beginner's class or, you know, sometimes when you say new converts, people think it's limited to new converts. A beginner's class where somebody can be just totally sold out and dedicated to teaching people about the Pentecostal movement. The things of faith. For those that really just get saved and also those that come from other places that have never heard the the message of faith and the full gospel message. You know, we have a lot of people that come in here and don't know what's going on. They enjoy what they hear and see, but they don't know what's going on. Have no idea, you know, what praying in tongues is all about and that sort of thing. And I thought about it. Well, I'll just do it. But you know what? If I just do it, you know what it does? It decreases my anointing because I'm spreading myself out so thin, trying to do so many different things That it takes away from the anointing of God in my life to to stand behind this pulpit and minister in the Spirit effectively, more effectively. And that can drain a person. And when a person is drained in that manner, what happens to that person? Once again, the anointing will diminish. I don't want it to diminish. I want it to increase. And if we're all ministers and priests unto God, that means that these things classified under the ministry of helps have got to be done by others. Who will catch the vision? And I want to say this, beloved, about catching the vision. You know, there was a time I was a little bit apprehensive and leery about really pushing, you know, the fact that we didn't belong to a company of believers because you get criticized so often by people just saying, all you want is people to come in and join up with you. You know what? That's old as far as I'm concerned. The Bible, the Bible, the Word of God says that we are to never forsake the fellowship of the saints. The, the joining together of the saints you know, we need to find out where we belong and then belong. Can I hear an amen? We need to find out where we belong and then belong. And then you know what? Be loyal, sold out, faithful and dedicated. I mean that. That's what God is saying to our hearts. I'm talking about everywhere. God needs people to say, I am here. I belong here. God will take what I have and use it. You know, I believe this also with all of my heart. When God equips us to do something, we're equipped. Too often I see, beloved, that people are trying to do something that they're not equipped to do. I do not mean that in any disrespect whatsoever because many are fishing around trying to find out what God would have them to do. And really, this is the other aspect of this. Some are trying to do something that they want to do and in reality, they're not doing what God wants them to do. So some are not doing what God wants them to do and they're doing something that God doesn't want them to do. Do you understand that? They're not doing what God wants them to do and they're doing what, what God does not want them to do. I, again, we'll use myself as an example. I, if I just stick to that guitar and that's all and don't preach and never preach, then let's say I would be guilty of doing something that God doesn't necessarily want me to do and not doing something that God does want me to do. But you see, I enjoy playing, man. I mean, playing is my life. You know, I'm just really into playing the guitar, and I love that. And praise God, I like, I'm learning more. You know, and it feels good when anointing God falls upon me and all that. And so I'm just going to stick to playing this thing. Forget about preaching, man. This is my life. This is what I want to do. I'm missing God. Can you see that? I am missing God. I'm not going to have the stronger anointing of God in my life to minister by His Spirit. I've got to recognize that. I've got to listen to the joyful sound. I've got to hear the voice of God. I've got to know what God wants me to do and then do it wholeheartedly. That's how the increase is going to come. Amen. That's how I'm going to have a greater anointing upon my life to say, even though I can do that, and if I need to, I can do that on occasion or whatever, but I am willing to set aside anything and everything that hinders me from experiencing a greater anointing of God in my life. Sometimes it seems like, you know, this is the thing to say well, hey, I'm the pastor of the church, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play the guitar. I'm going to take up the offering. I'm going to counsel people. Stop right there. Counseling can be very draining. Counseling can can cause you to lose your anointing. (laughs) I'm telling you right now, if you're not aware, if you don't know, if you don't understand, there comes a time you've got to say, hey, I'm not God. You know, you, you want your answer, you better get on your face before God. You know, I heard Brother Hagan say something over at Winter Bible Seminar, I just blessed my soul. He said, you know, you can't counsel everybody. That's the truth. Because you don't know everything, and you don't know how to counsel them according to the mind of God. Now, if you can counsel, now this is my part, not his. If you can counsel them in tongues, you might get somewhere. But they might not understand that. You see, beloved, sometimes people are just looking for what? Somebody else to do it for them. Somebody else to do the work for them, see? And I've had people walk out of my office and and, and you know what they said? I went in there expecting him just to stand up and get me a miracle. And instead, he gave me a book. In other words, he gave me something to do and I wanted him to do it. See, if you're not careful, if I'm not careful, I can get involved in certain things that can cause my anointing to diminish. Are you seeing that? And you know, that's the devil's job. I'm going to say that again. That's the devil's job to get us too busy in other things so that we don't have the greater anointing of God in our lives to do what he wants us to do. And you can get to a place where, you know, instead of walking in the countenance of God, your countenance has fallen regarding the things of God. And you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. The Lord, show me this too. I can't blame somebody else for what I'm not doing. Whew. Boy, that's tough. I can't blame somebody else from what I'm not doing, or from what I'm allowing. For what I'm allowing. I can't blame somebody else for what I'm allowing. As long as I go on and disregard what I'm supposed to be doing, that's my problem. That's my fault. See? Now, here's another thought. So vitally important. Do you realize that every person in the company is going to benefit from that umbrella of protection that's created by those that harmonize together in love? Every member providing their part to cause increase is going to affect every person that's associated with the company. Did you know that? That's another thing that was very striking to me when Brother Hagin said, you know, some are alive because they belong to a company. So I don't understand that. Those that would have died didn't die because they went back to their own company. People of like precious faith. People that stood their ground, took their place, and in that place... Serve God the way they should, a body of believers. And in that place of unity there was much glory and the presence of God was profoundly manifested, and those that should have died from incurable things didn't die because being a part of that company, that umbrella of protection provided the the atmosphere in which their faith stood strong and tall and reached the glory of God and got free. But when you're you're in a place of turmoil, everybody's vying for a position. And, and people are not doing what they should be doing and doing what they shouldn't be doing. What happens? Oh, there is maybe a limited manifestation of the glory of God, but it's not as what it should be. It's not, it's not as what it could be. And so you see, beloved, there is a need among us to, to begin to develop in, in areas of ministry. In such a way so that those that are called to leadership will do effectively and efficiently what God would have them to do. And then those that are called lay people will take their place and do effectively and efficiently what God would have them to do. It would free up, it would free up those that are in leadership so they can hear the joyful sound, walk in the countenance of God and pass it on throughout the entire body of believers. Another example. John and Elaine haven't been in a service, dear Lord. Do I have to even say? I share this with them. I share it with you. It's it's my desire, and I believe this is what God would have us to do, that they have the opportunity to be in this service on a Sunday morning and together we minister unto the Lord. But you see, they haven't been able to do that because they have been burdened down with all other things. And even though that has been a cry, it's never been answered. And as long as that continues, see, it's not going to have a positive effect upon their lives or ministry. They need help. And in this body of believers, I have to believe this with all my heart, beloved. I have to believe this. There has to be those that God is sending our way to help. Or it's either that or someone. some are just saying, well, you know, I just don't want to do it. Forgive me for being so bold, but you prayed for it. I want it to spread throughout the body. And, And as long as they continue just pouring themselves out and 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 pouring themselves out, what countenance are they going to be walking in? What countenance? A fallen countenance. Because they're trying to do it all. See, and that's, that's an impossibility. They may be the youth ministers, but they can't do it all. See? And it, it, the same thing is true with, with every, every ministry. You know, Ruth has done so many things, and once again, I want to speak honestly. In some cases, I believe this is what actually takes place. You know, communication is a key thing in any relationship. Isn't that true? Whether it be a church relationship or whatever, a marital relationship, a family relationship, a work relationship, communication is essential. Isn't that true? I think sometimes people from the body think that, well, she does all these things because she wants to do all these things. And Brother Chuck does all these things because he wants to do all these things. And, but there's another side to it that says, well, all these things need to get done. And it doesn't seem like too many people want to come forward to do, you know, certain things. And so on one hand, people look at it this way thinking, well, she wants to do all these things and that means that she's going to do all these things and everybody, no one else is allowed to do these things. On the other hand, the other side is saying, I really don't want to do all these things because it just distracts me from certain things that God would have me to do. So I spread myself out so thin that where's the anointing? Where is the power of God? It diminishes. Why? Because it's spread out so thin. See? There are certain things that God wants us to do and we have to be in tune with those things. We have got to take, come forward and take our place and say that this is what, you know, I'm going to do. I'm available to do something and I can do it and God is going to get involved in, you know, in this, in my life and through my life because I know this is what he is, you know, instructing me to do. And so I know there's a desire on her part to let go of certain things and say there has got to be other people that can take their place. You know what I'm saying? I have to believe that. I and mean, if there's something that has to be done within the church, there has to be somebody within the church to do it. Don't you believe that? Amen. It's either that. If, there, if there's nobody in the church to do it, then we shouldn't do it. Because you can't have one person doing so many different things because, like I said, it decreases the anointing. It does not give increase. Amen. See? All it does is it's caused those people that are involved in doing so many different things to deplete all their spiritual energies. Amen. And so, the joyful sound is God moving by His Spirit upon the hearts of the people saying... You know, I want you to come together in the unity of the faith. And I want people taking their place. There are no unused members. There are many things that need to be done. And I will anoint people to do those things. I will equip people to do those things. But each one must be sincere in in knowing that, that you are a part of a company of believers. You are a part of a family of God. And you are much needed. You know, sometimes people are reluctant to step forward because they feel as though they have nothing to offer. Oh, if you're born again and spirit-filled, you've got a lot to offer. And you know, God will equip you in areas enabling you to do things that you may not think you're capable of doing if you only just open your heart up and just say, Here I am, Lord, use me. I'm available to you. And I can do certain things and I will do certain things. What God is speaking to our hearts is this, beloved, it's time for the whole body to come together, to take spiritual inventory and say, I want to know where I really belong. I don't want to spread myself out too thin. I don't want to sacrifice the anointing of God in my life so I can have my hand in so many different things. What is better, beloved, to have an increase of the anointing of God in your life or the increase of things to do? I'd rather have the increase of God in my life to do the one thing that God wants me to do than it is to have 20,000 things to do and no anointing to do it. Amen? Isn't that true? Hallelujah. See, beloved, I believe that the church should come together like this as it says right here. Let's read that verse 16 again. From whom the whole body fitly joined together. Here's where I belong. The whole body fitly joined together. Someone to come forward and say, Sister Elaine, I'm going to relieve you of that duty right there. I'm going to be that person for you right there. Someone coming to S- Sister Ruth here and is saying, you know, I'm going to relieve you of that. I, th- I can handle that because I know that God has spoken to my heart and I can do it by the power of God. I can relieve you of that. And another person who might be involved in this activity but saying, you know what, God doesn't really want me here. This isn't where I ought to be. I'm here because I'd like to be here, but this isn't really, you know, really my ministry or my calling and anointing. This is what I'm going to do. And and here's here's another thought right here. Here's what I don't want to do. I want to have certain things, but I don't want to be the one to do it. And not because I don't want to do it, because I know it's not what God wants me to do. There has to be somebody to come forward to say, I will be the teacher of a beginner's class. Pastor, I'll be a teacher of the beginner's class. Now, I may be involved in this right now, but you know what? God is speaking to my heart to let that go and get right over here because I can do that. I'm equipped to do that. God has spoken to my heart about doing that. And you know what? I'm going to do it. And we're going to have people coming in. See, beloved, I believe that God has to get us to a place of preparation. We've got to prepare ourselves so that we can receive people to come into this facility. I mean that. We have got to be prepared for the latter rain. We have got to be equipped to handle new converts that come in, people that are from different backgrounds and walks of life, and we have got to provide provide what is essential for their spiritual growth and development. You know, to have a a, a Spirit-ordained program to do that. Our young people included. There's still a lot more that we can do to reach the hearts of our young people at their ages, levels, and all that. But we need the assistance of those that belong. Oh, it's just so strong in me, beloved, that people have got to really begin to see that this is... The church of the living God is a family. It is the family of God. And we need to belong and we need to be loyal and we need to take our place and do our part. Just like any family that works together is going to be strong. Everyone needs to know that I do belong. I do have a place. I have a part. And God is equipping me to do something that is productive that will contribute to the collective and corporate anointing of God that manifests in this place. It says here from whom the whole body fitly joined together. I'll I'll relieve you of that duty. And this one says I'll relieve you of this duty. And this one says and I can do that. I can help out here. I can do this. I'll be able to do that. And before you know it, You've got everybody coming together and everyone taking a place and doing a part. And what begins to happen? And compacted by that which every joint supplies. According, now notice this to the effectual working in the measure of every part. And now I could be more effective in doing that because you see. This is what God wants me to do. I'm sold out to it. I'm dedicated to it. And the anointing of God will increase upon my life and ministry as I provide that as a part of this body. I will do that. And this person doesn't have to do it and, and be distracted and divided and have the anointing diminish. I will do that. And I will do this by the power of God. I'll supply this. And I'll supply that. You know, someone comes together and says, Look, I need a group of people to come and help me build this porch or something like that. Someone says, I'll bring this and I'll bring that. The other one says, I'll bring this and I'll bring that. And before you know it, you've got a team of, of individuals coming together, everybody bringing something that is vital to get that job done. And then others coming along and saying, look, I'll, I'll prepare something for you guys to eat and whatever. And before you know it, you've got everybody working together and the job gets done in a quick way, in a quick hurry, isn't that right? And efficiently and effectively. You know, we saw that take place when that Jehovah Witness church was put up. I mean, that thing went up overnight. Why? Because everybody had a part to play in it. Every single member made a dedication and a decision to do something to make a contribution to the putting together of that facility. And what took place? Boom, overnight that thing was slapped together. Isn't that how we should work together as a body of believers? In the spiritual sense too? Every joint supplying something and what takes place? It'll make increase of the body. Look at this. To what? Under the identifying of itself. It'll feed off itself. You ready for this? Not only will we feed on each other's love, but the anointing. Man, the anointing on me to do my part will rub off on you, and you'll do your part. It'll rub off on you, onto somebody else by your side. They'll do their part. It'll rub off on that person to the next one to the next one. And before you know it, you've got everybody in a different place doing their part by the power of God, feeding off the anointing of each other. And before you know it, the house is increasing the glory of God. We're listening to the joyful sound. We are walking in the light of the countenance of God and the glory of God is manifested in a greater way. An umbrella of protection is created for us and praise God, we've got a habitation. We've got a, a dwelling place where the glory and power of God will provide what we need to be successful in this life. And we'll be effective in fulfilling our internal purpose and likewise our external purpose of being. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, tonight, this is my heart's desire. That we begin this right now, beloved. That we would all begin to do spiritual inventory. Every single one of us to make certain that I am exactly doing what God wants me to do. And and just throw your heart wide open before God. Every single one of us and say, You know, Lord, is there something that You want me to let go of? Is there something else that You want me to do? I'm a willing vessel. Can I be effective in making this place be a household of God that's going to experience a greater measure of the anointing that will cause, you know, increase to come in people's lives, I'm a willing vessel. I'll do what it is that you would have me to do. Maybe God will speak to your heart and say, Hey, I can help relieve Sister Elaine and Brother John of certain responsibilities and duties. You know, see, we sometimes think the ministry of helps when we see holding up, you know, uh, Moses, the hands of Moses. We think that's what it is. Beloved, what it is, is saying, I can take care of that class for you. I can do that teaching for you. I can teach that beginner's class for you. You know, I, I can do this. I can minister along this line. I can help out in this area. I can help take care of the, you know, the Monday night meetings, the smile meetings, or or I can help out with, with the music ministry, or whatever it is. Every person doing spiritual inventory and really seeking the face of God with all your heart and saying, where do I really fit in and belong? Where can I be more effective? Now, if you couldn't hit a nail with a hammer, and the only nail that you would hit would be your fingernail, I wouldn't want you to come and be the one to use the hammer. Right? Isn't that right? But, you know, invariably ver- you're going to have people that are like that that will say, Well, you know, hey, I want to use the hammer. And you spend the rest of the day getting band-aids. Because that's all they're doing is hitting the wrong you know, the wrong nail. Wouldn't it be better for you to say, hey, why don't you just get the shovel out and dig the ditch? Man, you do that and somebody else who can hit that thing on the head, let him do that. That's what God wants us to do. In other words, if I haven't been gifted in a certain area, don't try to anoint myself to do That thing. Just say, Father, I give myself to You. Because you know what I'm doing? I'm denying myself the greater anointing of God in my life by trying to do something that I'm not supposed to be doing. Beloved, I'm saying this because I don't know what you sense inside you, but I sense God pouring out of His Spirit in a measure that we have never tasted. I mean, over, above, and beyond what we have experienced as a body of believers. And it will be wrought among us because people will be dedicated to doing their part. Taking their place. Recognizing that they are a priest, a minister of the Most High God, and they have something to offer this body of believers. And they'll do their part. They'll take their place. Hallelujah. I don't know what you believe about it, but I know it's going to create an atmosphere of glory in this place if people will listen to the joyful sound and they'll walk in the countenance of God. Hallelujah. I'm willing to do my part. I'm letting you know right now if there's somebody that God speaks to your heart and says, look, I can play that guitar. I can strum along. I'll help out in that area. I'll relieve you. I'll, I'll let, you, you know, let it so that you can just go ahead and, and minister the way God wants you to minister. I say, praise God. Just, just let me know. Just let me know God speaks to your heart about that. Someone else says, like I said, Sister Elaine and Brother John, I, I can help you out in that class. You should be there and in church and you should you should enjoy what's going on. You should be you know, part of ministering to the Lord on a Sunday with everybody here so they can see leadership working together here as a family of believers. I'll do my part. I'll take my place. I'll enjoy church on Sunday night and, and Wednesday night or I can be there still on Sunday or whatever the you know schedule would be. I can do that. I can do that. I'll do that. Praise God. God's... You know, spoken to my heart. And that's what we're talking about. We want God to speak to your heart about doing certain things. This is going to benefit the individual. Can you see that? Yes, it'll... Beloved, let's put it this way. The greater the individual is blessed and increases in the things of God, the greater the collective corporate anointing is manifested among us. So it's not something that's taking away from the individual. It's something that's adding to. Can you see that? It's adding to. But sometimes we can't see that and don't recognize that and so we don't step forward. Or we continue on doing something we shouldn't be doing, and as a result, we're not even getting anywhere in the, you know, any, any increase of the anointing of God in our individual lives. And boy, we all want that, don't we? The increase. So it works both ways. Praises and musicians, come on up here if you would please. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry.